Hey everyone, uh, welcome to our podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan McCausland. I'm here with Garrett Healy. Hey, I'm Garrett Healy. You That's said your Garrett name Healy. this time. I did say my name this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, we we so want to know your uh, name. Yeah, no, I, I said it's an okay name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Uh, the reason we've decided to do this is um, because uh, both Garrett and I are musicians uh, who work on the road, and um, you know we were getting to talking uh, recently about you know what an interesting life it is to work on the road and and work as musicians. And while it's pretty commonplace for Garrett and I, it's kind of a unique life, and we get questions all the time about you know what is it like to to work on on tour or on a on a cruise ship or or you know just traveling around and being away from home for a living and um so we thought hey you know it'd be fun to just get together and talk about our experience and sort of share that with people who were interested and know a little bit more about what the life is like i'm interested Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and ryan and i have both basically done the same types of things since we got out of school like i think what's rare about us is that we, our careers followed a very similar path to each other like we've got out of school and then we started working on cruise ships like almost right away right yeah i we... mean it, it took you know it was it was sort of like back and forth for me for a little bit um, I, okay. i'm sure we'll go into that um soon about because I, I i actually don't um i actually don't know like how garrett started doing cruise ships we like when we met each other, it came up very fast, you know, like yeah. that we were both, you know, cruise ship people. Oh, we, um, all, we, we didn't even mention this. Like right now we work on the same. Oh, yeah. tour. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett, we're, we're bad at introductions. So stick around. Yeah. <laughs> It'll get better. <laughs> it gets better from here. Um, Garrett and I are both uh, on the national tour of Dear Evan Hansen. Garrett is our, our music director and I am the drummer on the tour hopefully we're still those things hopefully, really yeah know. after after this air is hopefully we'll we'll still be uh nobody we'll still, really knows we haven't heard nobody anything knows. <laughs> um we, we just get a subtle like a subtle they might just like not even contact us ever again like and, oh we just sort of assumed that maybe <laughs> maybe you knew that you guys were being let go um yeah, Garrett, Garrett and I've been doing the Dear Evan Hansen tour for about two years, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get back to it soon. But before that, Garrett and I were also members of two different tours. Garrett was on the uh, the national tour of Kinky Boots, um, and I was on the national tour of Dirty Dancing. Classic which, story on stage. Which, which was musical. I don't know <laughs> if you're not aware. Um, very, very similar to the movie. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never seen it is actually better <laughs> I feel like I know everything about it from you talking about it and Matt Brown talking about it yes our guitar tour. player for uh for the Dear Evan Hansen tour was on the first national tour of Dirty Dancing I was on the the second tour um yeah. and I I mean it was it was a really it was a really goofy show but I had a lot of fun with it um there are a lot of really fun people on the tour um that hopefully I can you know we can have talk about that as guests on this podcast because it was a, a real fun time <laughs> on yeah. that tour um but it was uh it was a it was a really fun show to be a part of even if it was um 
maybe not the most uh i don't want don't to say it was a bad show it was just not um it wasn't dear evan hansen we'll say that <laughs> right and when ryan says like matt brown was on the first tour and he was on the second tour that basically means like matt brown was on the one with more money and ryan <laughs> was on the one with less money <laughs> It was a, a union tour of that show, and there was a not union tour of that show, and I was on the not union tour of that show. Yeah. Um, right. But, um, Just like I was on the tour of Kinky Boots that wasn't union, so it was like less money. And like Ryan traveled around mostly on a bus. Mo- yeah, most of the bus and truck tours versus the full production tours. Um, there's yeah. a big, there's there's one of your big differences right there big, big yeah you we can, can get into that in another episode oh but... definitely you know we will i'm sure That'd be so fun <laughs> um but i guess we'll start off i like i said i i i remember the day that i met garrett um i, oh. I remember like very vividly it was uh it was, um, it was august 20th because that was our first get together at mm-hmm. um the music box theater i remember this um, too and it we had it in the the basement section of the lobby where there was a whole bunch of bagels and i just remember feeling so out of place as soon as i got there was this room full of beautiful talented people (laughs) and i came in wearing this black hoodie and it was raining outside so i i was damp and just i just felt like oh man like like everyone be looking at me like i felt like a wet dog at like a wedding (laughs) it's like i don't feel like i belong here right um i i felt that way too everyone is so put together here (laughs) they're all so pretty why did they even invite me (laughs) and i don't mean to say that they weren't weren't like so nice and so welcoming but i remember meeting garrett and feeling um like oh my gosh someone who 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 gets it (laughs) (laughs) we're just just gonna stick together yeah maybe afraid as i am of screwing all this up yeah. right off the bat yeah well um, we had a the what's interesting about that that tour or that rehearsal process was we had a whole week of just understudy rehearsal mm-hmm. um so it wasn't my first day of rehearsal it was your first day um, right so i had been rehearsing with the understudies all week and the 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 onstage cast hadn't come in yet and so that was my first time meeting everyone in the onstage cast and meeting some of the some of the creatives i think like right. i don't think we had met because i think like, i think everyone showed up to that mostly everyone yeah um, yeah it was pretty much everyone i think there was maybe like the whole band wasn't there at that time obviously there, our string players weren't there because we didn't meet them until Denver, right but um our, our whole rhythm section wasn't there either um, it was just us because i think we were the ones that were going to go back to new 42 to rehearsal Right, right, right. So it was, it was. I think it was just you, me, and Austin at that point, and then right. um, yeah. Ben and, and Lack. Um, yeah, but uh, right, but yeah, I remember that vividly, and I remember. I, I think uh, Garrett was. I think I met Garrett before I met anyone else. I think uh, Garrett was the first person I, I happened to wander into, and thank God I did because I felt um, I was like, ah, good. Because you good looked at me work. and you're like, he's probably not an actor just by the way he looks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of my age. I'm going to find him and we're going to hang out by the bagels <laughs> until we have to go over to the other building. Exactly. It's like, just hang out by the bagels and all this other blue food. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so much blue food. So, so much blue food. Uh, we will touch on that too. So much blue food. Were they blue bagels uh, that day? No, though? they weren't. They weren't. Right. They, were, they were blue bagels didn't show up till later. Um, okay. 
but um stacy was they were like, supposed to be i i heard they were supposed to be blue but they weren't that time oh okay it's like uh, stacy was like let's give them the illusion that we're normal here and then we're just gonna <laughs> shatter them when we get to chicago it was it was uh i have never seen so much blue before ever yeah. but um but yeah so i i guess uh i i would love to to start talking to garrett about you know how did you how did you get involved in in touring or or in just in in you know we uh, obviously you know you you've been playing music for a long time but um i don't know you know what when did you start playing shows how did you get involved in this whole lifestyle yeah um well i so first of all i've been playing piano for like almost 20 years which is insane to me so i started when i was eight and um i think uh like five years into playing piano was the was the first time someone kind of in my small community uh, i live right outside boston it was the first time someone said hey i need a piano player for this musical i i was working on i'm working on um and i'm wondering if you could come in and do it and i'm like cool like what's a musical like that's cool it sounds like it's going to be musical either way Uh, i don't know how to do it he's like okay uh well you know just come in why don't you watch the show the show is you're in town right you know you're in such a great show it's a good show it's one of my favorite shows actually yeah so there's a like literally and it's not an easy show I, Mm. i should say i don't think it's not um it's a great show it's very funny it's like very meta and are like kind of like self-aware mm-hmm. um but the music is hard like it's it's kind yeah. of like uh it's hard to describe it, it kind of feels very like classic musical theater just a bit more contemporary and there's yeah. some like gospel elements mm-hmm. in one of the songs or whatever but so i watched the show and i loved it and then he was like, okay, great. So you've watched the show. Do you think you can try playing the show tomorrow? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And so, but I tried and I just didn't understand the format. Like yeah. I, I, I must've been like 12, right? <laughs> or 12, or 13 or something or wow. 14. I don't know. It was something like that. It was 12, somewhere between 12 and 14. Starting young. Yeah, but like I didn't know what a musical was yet, so I was, mm-hmm. I was just confused. Like, how do we know when to start songs, and why do songs start, and how come this, this little song is like three measures long, and then we stop, and then like, you know, because I didn't understand incidental music and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, I I tried to play the show. I got a little overwhelmed because because the music was hard. And I'm not saying like it's because I was like unable to play the music because I'd been playing for like five or six years and I was serious about piano. It was mm-hmm. just kind of the style of playing because it's so drastically different from like the classical music I'd been doing. Yeah. Um, and it's just like playing in that specific setting. Um, so like I, I remember I got like halfway through the show and like my friend Brendan, um, who was conducting, um, he also plays piano and I looked to him and I was like, I don't think I can, I don't think I'm doing a good job. Can you like step in? And so he just stepped in and like conducted the rest from the piano. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like my first experience doing it. And um, since after that, 
I started like accompanying singers and instrumentalists a lot, like in high school. Okay. Um, so, and I realized I found out that I was pretty good at that. Like I'd be, I'd be accompanying all the choir concerts and the orchestra concerts. Um, and I had a lot of like, my music teacher in high school was like really, um, I don't know, maybe that was back in middle school. I'm really bad at this. I'm bad at telling, like, I don't, I have such a bad memory. No, I, I'm the same way. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like, it's really started out with like, you're in town and just accompanying, you know, my friends who wanted to sing and all those concerts and things like that. And I remember in high school, I, I played in like the high school uh, musicals that they put on as so I just played piano in the pit. Like we could just sign up if we wanted to do it. There was like a shoot oh, yeah. outside the band rooms. Like you want to be in the, in the orchestra. Um, so that we did like um, music, man, anything goes uh, singing in the rain, usually something like kind of classic, mm-hmm. uh, like golden agey. Um, but that's where I got that experience. And then in college i actually i didn't study music in college i should say i'm i have a math degree from university of new hampshire for whatever reason why i don't even know remember why i did that um but i stayed really involved in music and uh you know like when word gets around that you play piano and you're like okay at it like so many people always need a piano player so they're like you should do this you should do that you should do that you should do that and so um, in college, I got a message from someone who's like, hey, I'm friends with this person who's friends with this person who like had you as their piano player this one time. And I want to know if you can do this. <laughs> um, and so from that, I got a, jo- a summer gig at a theater right near my uh, house, my parents' house, like where I grew oh, up. Nice. And it was a youth theater group. Um, and it's a theater that I love to this day because it really got my start in music directing because that was my first time like music directing a thing. Oh, nice. What was the theater? It was so back bef- back then it was called Stoneham theater. It's in Stoneham, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, it's literally a town over from where I am right now. Nice. And right. They need, they renamed it to greater Boston stage company a mm. couple years ago. Okay. Um, but it was funny. It was just like, this guy that reached out to me who was going to be the director of like one of their productions, summer productions of Susicle. And he reached out to me and was like, Hey, I'm looking for a music director for our summer youth program at Stoneham theater. Um, do you, would you be interested in music directing? And I was like, uh, cool. Like what's, what's music directing? Like, what does that mean? Like, I have no idea what to do, what that is. And he was like, oh, you basically just teach the music and like lead the band and stuff. And I was like, okay, like I can learn how to do that. And so I did it that summer. It was a blast. I worked with mostly middle schoolers and I had to, there was a lot to learn on the job. Like if you don't know what music directing is and then you just get like <laughs> thrust into it, it can be a little jarring and like a little overwhelming because all of a sudden, like I find myself in front of this group of like 25 like 12 year olds who are just staring up at me and you know how like honest and like hard opinion like little kids are and like it can be hard to get them to like you so I had to not only teach them the music but get them to like trust me and like like me it was just a lot um but but through that 
and I did that program a f- like a handful of other times over the years, just music directing. And then I also did a couple like gigs in college. I know this is a really long roundabout. No, no. no go uh, for it. Um, I'm trying to like not. I'm trying to make it like not too long. But so I did a, a handful of other shows in college. Like we had a student run theater group in at UNH. They were called Mask and Dagger. And when I was a sophomore in high school, I remember I was the like assistant or uh, associate music director. I think they probably called it like assistant music director. For assistant to the music director. Assistant to the music director. <laughs> and also other keyboard player for hair. And then when I was a senior, I music directed their production of Title of Show. Do you know Title of Show? I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. Uh, it's a great show. It's it's super, super meta and super fun. And it's literally just like four people in the cast and one music director on keyboard. And the music director is like in the show. Like I had some lines. Oh, nice. Things like that. So I was like part of the cast, but I was also the music director and the keyboard player. Um, so that was fun. And that's, that was my first experience, like music directing, like people, my own age. Um, and so after that, I, I got my math degree and then I was all ready to like try and have a math career, like be an accountant or something. Mm -hmm. And then my friend, Brian, who I also, I have another podcast with that Ryan has been on. Um, He called me up and said, and it was just like a casual phone call, but he was like, this is how Brian is. Like, he'll be really casual about something huge. He'll be like, hey, so I'm moving to New York in November and like, you should be my roommate and (laughs) we could try and do music. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think you do really great there. And I was like, uh, uh, Okay. And because I'm, that's kind of who I am. I just kind of say yes to a lot of things without really thinking about them because I want people <laughs> to like me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so I moved to New York with Brian and was like, I got a job at Hofstra on Long Island, uh, accompanying some voice lessons, and I also music directed a production of Assassins there. Um, and then while I was doing that, I was living in Harlem with Brian. We shared an apartment. And I was like making connections. Like I did this one show at 54 below and you know, it was really great. And that's when Carnival Cruise Lines came through the city and I saw it online and I just like, what the heck, why don't I just send in some videos and audition if they want me to. And that's how I got started on cruise ships. Nice. and then, so I did that a year. I'm like breezing. We're going to talk about all this stuff at some point. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll go in depth with it. But this is just the order of things for go me. Go for it, yeah. Um, and then we'll get to you. <laughs> so then I did, uh, yeah, then I'll stop talking because <laughs> it's been a while. And so, no, I, going. so I worked on Carnival. I did two contracts on Carnival Cruise Lines. They were both about six months long with like a two-month break in there. Um. And I was just like in the in the house band, so we'd play like either in the atrium of the ship, or you know, for the littler ships, we'd play like up on the ninth deck or something, uh, like in the middle of the promenade or something, promenade. 
promenade <laughs> whatever that, that's it that's the one yeah promenade <laughs> you gotta do it all snooty like promenade um yeah and so we were just playing top 40 hits and people were dancing to them and that was so much fun and there is so much to be said about cruise ships that i am excited to get into <laughs> at some point but for the sake of time i stopped after two contracts of cruise ship life and moved back to new york um no i think i did like one more show at stoneham theater before i moved back to new york mm-hmm. and then that's when i i started trying to make connections again i saw dear evan hansen for the first time um and like waited outside for ben uh <laughs> ben cone actually not not so much ben platt <laughs> and i also met so many bens (laughs) so many bens i for some reason dear evan hansen likes to hire a lot of people ben Ben, and uh, ben ross ben platt ben cohen yeah there's there's probably more bens (laughs) there's a lot there were a lot of like mats in our original band (laughs) mats and bens yeah and we have a mat in our cast now it's just they like they like similar named people um, and there are actually two Garrett's that have worked for Dear Evan Hansen. That I didn't know. That's Nathan. that's news to me. I didn't. I thought you were the only. I was about to say, oh, only one Garrett though. Well, but... Garrett Long was one of the Heidi Cynthia understudies on Broadway. Oh, yeah. So, I stand corrected. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so, but you know, I saw. I just saw Dear Evan Hansen and like mm-hmm. caught Ben after. I was like, that was amazing. Let's catch up. And so we did that. But I also reached out to this guy nate Patton, who you know now mm-hmm. and nate and i are good friends now um because nate has a podcast as well that i've listened to and you should all go listen to it it's called mm-hmm. booked it it's a great great hilarious podcast um, we're, we're gonna be plugging a lot of other podcasts on this podcast just yeah so you know. <laughs> yeah totally yeah but like seriously listen to booked it like especially if you're a performer, but really it's like just funny for anyone really. Uh, a lot of Broadway gossip. So some of it, if you're not a Broadway person, it might go a little over your head, but like still it's hilarious. Nate's so funny. <laughs> and Nate and I sat down to lunch once just because I wanted to pick his brain and ask him for advice. And we got sushi for lunch like he was like in tech for charlie and the chocolate factory so he didn't have a ton of time and we went to the sushi place like right down the street that i think is closed now because of the coronavirus Mm -hmm. which is very very sad and we just you know like he kind of saw that i was for real and not um and that i was serious about it and that i seemed to have a good head on his shoulders which like i don't know if that's true but like maybe i i was true i'm a good actor <laughs> that's like a thing now and around the building at dear evan hansen like i'm kind of a decent evan hansen like as an actor uh, um so yeah we i met nate and nate was ultimately the one who recommended me for the kinky boots tour because he was friends with the music supervisor roberto and that's how i started touring like he got us in touch and i sent in a few videos and but it was really because i knew nate and nate recommended me that i got the thing 
and then I just had to send him like a video or two to make sure I could play and that was that and then I went off to do kinky boots and that was so that brought from like that brought us from like me starting to play the piano to like <laughs> my first tour so I hope nice. that answered your question <laughs> no it totally there's a lot of stuff I didn't know um yeah and I'm sure yeah oh go ahead no I, I I'm sure like we'll be discovering new things about each other throughout this as well like that'll be great definitely but it's, it's funny we have a lot of there are a lot of parallel tracks and it's sort of like you know if you just sort of followed like garrett's sort of progression from start to finish or start to current i guess i would say yeah. um like there's a lot of things that sort of weave in and out like for um i actually auditioned for the kinky boots tour that garrett was actually on oh yeah um yeah uh, which is how i sort of found my way to my first tour which is so funny because that's um it, we it was fun we were just missing each other like around the time mm -hmm. garrett started carnival is when i was probably leaving carnival yeah. um, because i had worked for, i had worked for carnival too before i went to royal caribbean and um i took my audition with david brady in the city in new york so it, yeah. it, it's very possible that we just missed each other in all of these different you know Wait, points when, where when did you audition for carnival i oh man well i mean it was i want to say for sure say, before me but I want to say it was 2015. Okay. 20, yeah, the early, early 2015. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Early, wait, early 2015? Early 2015. So I, I want to say is, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I think it was probably around April or May of 2015. You're kidding? I went. Mm-hmm. Yep. I went, and then there was a there was a posting online. I emailed them. I sent them uh, um, a bunch of reels from YouTube, and um, I went into audition in person at what was it? The it wasn't was it Sir Studio? I don't know. It was, it was one of the studios in downtown, and um, like, but yeah, because that's when I auditioned. <laughs> So it's very possible we just missed each other. It was 2015, and, and like it was mm -hmm. April or May. Yeah, I, I mean, because I remember I had uh, I'd gone into audition, and I was very, very nervous for it. It was one of the first in-person auditions that I've done outside of college. And um, I'd mentioned to one of my, my best friends from college, Angie, I'm like, I am freaking out over this audition. I need yeah. to find something to do after the audition so that I can sort of wind down. And she said, well, let's go see a show. And so after I auditioned, I met up with her at the St. James Theater and we saw um, something rotten. Oh, perfect. Night. Perfect. Like, which is like your mind just, off the stressful just, like, thing. Just completely forget about everything that just happened. Yeah. Um, the audition was interesting. Uh, um, I can definitely go into the audition um, yeah. later on. But um, we'll swap audition stories. But like you should you should start <laughs> from the beginning for you like I did. And then you, sure. now you now you say things. <laughs> now you now you go under. <laughs> no, you um, um, we're, we're gonna be quoting a lot of microbiglia. <laughs> Just Wait, so which you one know. was that? Now you go under. Yeah, the one where he's talking about the um the um parachute story. Um, like uh, God, I'm gonna be really bad at at coming up with where these these quotes come from these obscure mike Rebelia quotes hopefully was it also sleepwalk with me if it he did you'd be flattered you'd be flattered <laughs> i have to keep um, up with you 
I'll, I'll find it later. Like I did the last one. It, it might it might have been Sleepwalk. Um, I've been listening to a lot of him since we did, <laughs> since we last time we talked. Another podcast to plug. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Mike's um, working working it out. it out. Yeah. Um. So, not that he needs the help from us, but like, <laughs> like you know. Um. But yeah. So I, I started. Um. So my parents are both music teachers. Uh, I started playing drums when I was in second grade. Uh, I went to a Methodist church in uh, southern New Jersey and um, watched this sort of contemporary worship band play. And I was like, wow, that looks like a lot of fun. This drummer was playing up wow. on the, the stage. And I was like, I really want to learn how to do that. And that was really where I started playing drums, where, where I really started thinking, oh, I could you know, see myself doing this. So you were like inspired because that's a, yeah, that's definitely. a hip that's a hip kind of music to be like introduced to like early on. Yeah, you know, like um uh you know, like uh the sort of contemporary Christian gospel worship stuff is, you know, very usually pretty drum heavy, you know. Yeah. Um oh that's sweet. But, but um but yeah, so I mean that that's where I, I I started playing drums when I was around second grade. Um but how I got into theater was more um my my father used to work uh in uh high school theater he was the um the, my mom and my dad both worked in the same district in, in new jersey and um my mom taught um, elementary and middle school and my dad taught high school music but um he was a choral director and uh, also handled everything um that had to do with the annual musical so he directed it and then music directed it and you know he was sort of a one-man directing unit and sort of pulled in my mom to help with you know sound or video or lighting and things like that and yeah um so they spent a lot of time working on it was a very huge season of our you know annual life was when he would take all this time to work on this musical and i would always go in there and i'd watch it and i was always um you know i was always uh enamored with with the shows you know um right but the um the first time i ever played a show for um, and I think it was the first time I got a paid gig, period. Um, I played a police athletic league production of Damn Yankees. Um, you played a what? I think it was this police athletic league um, group that was working in Gloucester County. Um, police a, athletic league? Yeah, police athletic league. Um, that's just, I I'm, I don't know much about what that no. is. I just know that's that that's what the they were. They were the, yep, that's what they were. This is what the group was called. Um, I was only there for a very short amount of time because I was a last minute call because I was only, I think I was in sixth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade at the time. Like oh. I was, I was very young and I did not know how to read music. So um, one of the guys who played piano at the church where I started um, playing drums where uh, he um, was working on this community production of Damn Yankees and he wanted to have a drummer. Um, so he asked if I would come in and they, they had a, a stipend to pay you know, another musician. So I think I got like a hundred dollars <laughs> to wow. come in and just play along with this, this piano. Cause I, like I said, I didn't really know. Um, I was very, very much like you, I didn't know, like, you know, the whole, um, uh, you know, um, it, it was very much the same where I was like, I wasn't used to playing shows. You know, I, I knew I, I'd seen shows before, but I wasn't used to playing them, you know, like, you know, Hey, you know, we're, you're in a vampire or we're going to come in here or, yeah. but because I wasn't reading music, I was just sort of playing along with what I was hearing anyway. So, right. um, but yeah, so I, I started there and then, um, you know, uh, as I got further into middle school and high school, um, 
I just stuck with it. You know, I was just something that I got more and more invested in. It became a bigger part of my life. And and I started playing for my dad's shows um, once I got into high school, um, which was another place that I could make money because I, I wasn't going to his school. I could just be hired as a as a freelance musician to come in. So once I started realizing that I really like doing this and I was able to get I was able to do it for money. I was like, yeah, this is something I, I really want to concentrate on. Let's keep doing that. Um, thing. Let's keep doing that. Let's, let's make that happen. Um, <laughs> so I, um, you know, around the time I was in uh, a sophomore in, in high school, I, I knew that I wanted to go study music. Um, the, I'd actually already decided that by that point in time that I wanted to, to chase playing Broadway shows, even when I was a, a freshman in, in high school. Um, wow. You know, um, my sister um, got tickets to see Wicked up in New York um, around, I think it was a good day after Christmas that we went up to see it. Um, right. And I saw the show and just fell in love with the music. And I was like, this is so cool. This is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that to my mom. Um, and then she uh, sort of logged that away. And uh, a couple months later, they, um, she and my dad went up to the uh, music educators convention in New Jersey in New Brunswick. And that's where she met Ben Cohn. And she had, uh, you know, when they introduced Ben, Ben was up there playing for all of the, uh, the workshops for the, the teachers, for the, the choral music workshops that were up there. And, and he, he used to go up there and play for them a bunch. And that's where he was introduced to the group as the, I think at that point he was the associate um, conductor at Wicked. Mm. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but he was working at Wicked. Yeah. And, uh, I think he was, um, I, I feel I, like I feel like Wicked's they have so many conductors like I feel like there's a main conductor there's like an associate conductor and then there's an assistant conductor right I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong thing no, I don't either. Su suffice it to say Ben was Ben was definitely conducting a Wicked at that time he was definitely playing piano at Wicked at the time that was his main gig I think at that point yeah. was was playing at Wicked um and uh uh, my mom met him and she said, Hey, you know, my son is interested in, in, in playing on Broadway one day, you know, um, do you have any advice? And then he said, no, yeah, have him, have him email me, you know, so he could give her, um, his business card. And he said, Hey, you know, if, if he's interested, um, um, you know, he can come up in and sit with our drummer and, and watch the show from the pit. Um, and, and so, well, you know, we made arrangements to do that. And then he said, you know, my, my, his, his boyfriend at the time, Sean McDaniel was a, a Broadway drummer at, um, spam a lot. And I, you know, I was introduced to Sean through Ben and then, and then Sean was like, um, I met Sean sub Billy Miller who introduced me to, you know, uh, just, it's just like a domino effect where people just kept going further and further along where I got to meet all of these, um, Broadway drummers when I, while I was going through high school and, you know, just sort of being able to sort of pen pal back and forth with them. And, hmm. um, you know, as, as I progressed further and further in high school, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. It sort of solidified where I wanted to go and, in uh my career path and when i got into college nothing much changed you know i just i kept playing with um with uh, you know as many productions that i was able to get into with the musical theater program at montclair and um yeah i just sort of carried on through there um after i left college though um i had been playing classical percussion for you know most of uh most of my time in, in college so um, I was sort of a dreadful drum set player at that point. I had not really touched um, drum set that much because I was very much focused on, you know, all the other stuff, you know, marimba and timpani and, right. um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And 
So I need he, to sort of find still, a way. To, and you're still a dreadful. I'm drum, still a drum. drum I'm still just just <laughs> terrible. Just awful. You know. Like we're, this we're is, by the way. By this, yeah. By the way, this podcast also like it, it doubles as an uh, advertisement because we're looking for a new drummer for the Dear Evan Hansen. If you know drum. anyone, um, <laughs> just you know, give us a shout because literally anything's better than what we got now. They're they're stuck with this guy until they find someone. So you know. No, it's hard to imagine you as a dreadful drum set player. Yeah, there, like uh, believe me, there, there is, there is ample evidence. Uh, <laughs> I actually, um, well, it was just funny. It, it sort of leads me into what I was saying. I, you know, I, I was looking after college. I was looking for places where I could play um, every day, like where I could just continue to, you know. Um, it was like looking for jobs that would give me an opportunity to play over and over and over again so that I could, you know, find my way back to, you know, a level of confidence and a skill set that was going to be able to get me to where I wanted to go. Um, and, you know, the first thing I thought of um, was cruise ships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I auditioned for, I think, three or four different agencies and failed. <laughs> like, really? like all three. Yeah. Um, the first year out of school, I, I failed a bunch of cruise ship auditions. I just wasn't a strong enough um, reader. I wasn't strong enough um, in terms of jazz and Latin, which you need to be when you're when you're playing ships. Um, right. So I had some work to do. I actually, I still haven't. I have an email that I, I shared to a lot of friends and some uh, um, students that uh, you know. I was like, hey, whenever you're down, just read this email that of the failed audition critique that I got from <laughs> one. It's, it's really bad. I'll, I'll share it with you one day. It's, yeah. it's grueling. I um, want to see it now. Very brutal. Uh, Send it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I definitely, I was definitely humbled right out of school where it was just like, Hey, here's the real world and you're not up to it right yeah. yet. So keep working. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I, I started, you know, uh before i got to to work on cruise ships i started doing a lot of summer stock stuff i worked at the weston playhouse and then up in pittsfield massachusetts with their youth theater group and um i did a lot of work at the uh, uh mayo performing arts center in morristown new jersey uh the yeah. Surflight theater um uh, my real home base though was actually a theater a little theater down in hamilton new jersey called the eagle theater um which i spent like i think it was like two two and a half full seasons at the eagle theater where I was just the the drummer for most of their main stage musicals that they did. Wow. And um and it was nice cuz it was about 15 minutes away from my house in South Jersey, but it was about 2 hours away from the place that I was living up in Nutley, New Jersey. So I sort of <laughs> split my time back and forth between so there was times where I was the schedule for the Evil Theater was they would play shows um uh Thursday, Friday, uh Saturday, Sunday, and then we were off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I was sort of, um, if I, uh, if I wasn't playing shows, I was substitute teaching to sort of supplement my income. So I would, um, substitute teach up in North, uh, North Jersey and do whatever freelance music I could do up in North Jersey Monday to Wednesday. And then I would drive home to be with my parents for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and play the shows and then substitute teach down in Southern New Jersey so that I was constantly rolling back and forth between, all areas so you, of the state you were substitute teaching in southern new jersey and northern new jersey and northern new jersey yeah i was part of a different uh let me see if i can get this right there was a group called um source for teachers i believe is what it was called it was like a yeah. a giant online database of substitutes and then when you got into that group you were suddenly able to substitute all over the state 
which was really helpful wow. for me at that time because it, I was able to sort of select jobs up in, you know, Paramus, New Jersey, um, and then also down in, you know, Williamstown, New Jersey, you know. Wait, so you're just substitute teacher like any class? Any class. Any, anything that was available. I tried to stick to high school because I was less intimidated by older kids than I was younger kids. So like every subject? Any any subject that was available. I, I would try and find music gigs when I could. And, and a lot of times, especially when it came to Paramus, because um, I had a, a an in with the, the music department at Paramus, um, sometimes they would be able to pull me into just the music classes. And those were awesome because I knew the kids from the marching band there. I knew the teachers. Um, Paramus was just a, a really good district they just have everything pretty much on lock and premise that yeah. is not the case in other districts um wow. but occasionally i get to occasionally be fun i would actually get to go and sub for um my old music teachers at my old high school um that's cool a little surreal coming back and and being a substitute where you went to, to high school but um yeah, yeah that's how i supplemented income before i did cruise ships and um you know as i was as I was working my way through these summer stock gigs and working at, at uh, these community theaters, I was honing in, you know, skill sets for sight reading and jazz and, and sort of building back what I had lost on drum set. Um, so that when I was able to, you know, well, when this uh, carnival uh, audition finally came along, um, I was, I was more prepared to, to, to play. Um, so that that audition finally did come along, and I I took it and um and I passed. And they and what they did was you know um when when you I, when you pass the audition, they they put you in a pool of of people that have passed, and then when they need you, they just place you when when there's a place for you to go. So it wasn't like you were auditioning for one slot, and then if you won the audition, you were on that ship. It was like that you audition into mm. a pool of people, and then they pull you from this this pool of people that says you know hey this guy's good for ships and we'll throw him out here because we need someone right. and it just so happened that they need someone to fill the last half of the drummer's contract on oh geez what was it so the carnival oh geez i'm forgetting the name of the ship this is my first ship that i ever did and where was, where was it docked or where were the ports it was out at that point in time it was out of um manhattan cruise terminal um oh i remember it was a carnival it was a carnival splendor and um uh i did i did the very last part of that contract um and uh this is very very funny i they i I was based out of philadelphia and i thought that they were going to um either give me a train or just sort of reimburse gas money but they actually flew me from (laughs) philadelphia to new york city um, which is, if you've ever taken Why? that flight, it's a 20 minute flight. You spend more time on the ground than you do in the air. That yeah. was, that was the second weirdest flight I've ever taken. I can go into the first one later on when we talk about some of the other cruise contracts that I've did. Um, oh, yeah. but, um, but I did the carnival gig and I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't crazy about the style of music that we play. I was, I really wanted to play a lot of jazz as I was studying jazz and, and trying to get that sort of skill set. um, so that I could work on ships, I really sort of fell in love with the style, and I wanted to find a, a, a place where I could sort of hone that and, and use that skill set. And right. Carnival was not really uh, um, interested in, in jazz. They were very much, like you said, like you know, top forties and and um, pop music. Um, 
and it was just um it there there wasn't many opportunities to play um a wide range okay um, yeah at least on the ship that i was up yeah but anyway um after carnival i um i was part of an agency uh called lime entertainment and they moved me over to royal caribbean um and royal caribbean was a, was a little bit different they um uh they signed their they signed their bands on um independently from each other so it's like there it wasn't like carnival like carnival would sign their entire band onto a ship and then sign their entire band off to a ship right. um with real caribbean i was um into we were all independent from each other so i i would sign on and then you know like two weeks later the bassist could sign off and another one would sign on and then you know a week later the music director would sign off and then another one would sign on so um wow. so it was always independent um but I, I started working with real caribbean and i fell in love with you know the um I mean, there, I mean, there's nothing. Uh, there would there'll be nothing like my first Royal Caribbean ship. That was the, the only one that I spent a full seven months on, and you know, some of the best friends in the world that I have were from that ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but I certainly enjoyed um the the style of music that I was playing on Royal a little bit more. Um, yeah. And the other thing I really liked about Royal was that they did book musicals. Um, right. So at one point in time, uh, I was about to sign off my first Royal ship, and I had I had written to my um my agent I was like hey you know I'd love to do one of these you know these big ships that have the actual book musicals on them rather than just the production shows um yeah. and he said hey yeah we'll we'll look into that and we'll see what we can do and um it just turned out that uh I think like a month or a month and a half after I signed off my first ship they had an opening for a, a fill-in on their their big ship where they were doing Malamia so I got to go on and cover the Malamia show for four months on the Allure of the Seas and um, and that was the, those were the two big contracts that I did, you know, it was like, f- like four months in the allure and seven months on the, uh, the legend. And after that, it was, it was sort of like a sort of, um, I was filling in weeks here and, um, you know, a month here. Yeah. Um, and then going all over the world, which is really crazy. And we can go into that stuff later. There's a lot of really fun, crazy things that happened when I was working cruise ships, but, um, and the allure is like the, the, was the biggest ship in the world at that point. Right. At that point, it was, and then we were like dethroned by the time I got off. It was like, it was like we, like, you know, Wait, it was you like they beat now. us by like an inch or something like that. Or I was so cool. I mean, not that I would ever notice, but it, it was a very. Uh, I mean, if if you've ever been on one of those giant ships, it's it's pretty crazy. I, mean, I would like to actually, like, I it's it's interesting that well, when you do cruise ships, it's it's hard. It's easy to get stuck on them. Like, you don't want to do more than so many contracts so you're probably going to get stuck and lose all your connections on land so like i stopped carnival after two contracts but man if i had the opportunity to go on one of those huge huge ships and like do like even like it's, a short contract there I, I would take it it's crazy you know because you know you know the legend of the seas is, is a, it's like one of their smaller ships and then the allures the at that point was the biggest ship that they had yeah, and like in some regards and- yeah it's central like park central park and you know and like um have you ever been on a ship that has trees on it that's pretty wild um <laughs> that's not a, natural a carousel on the back of it's like they had a whole boardwalk set up and a water Tree, show trees Just in the middle of the ocean trees in the middle of the ocean very very crazy but it, it was like working for a different company you know and for um even if even though it was the same company you know because um yeah, on a small ship, you get to know each other very fast because there's only like right. what eight hundred of you, you know, yeah. in the crew. 
um you, there's only so many places you can go to so it's like you have a you have a bar and that's where you go and when you're not there um you're on your own you know um but crew bar um, stories uh, and there are plenty of those hashtag crew bar stories <laughs> <laughs> but um but on the big ship there you know on on the allure there were there were three or four crew bars um oh wow and um and plenty of places you could be besides um besides just your cabin and the mess hall and um right. the drawback is that there were 2000 crew members on that ship and it was not as easy to get to know everyone so you could sign on with someone and sign off and you'd never meet um whereas and it's you, very oh, and you get like a and, sorry and you get like a new batch of people like signing off and on like every exactly so it's you board, know right? or, um yeah, every time, you know, because, you know, the Allure pulled into Everglades every week. You know, we were yeah. only doing week on cruises. It, was, it wasn't like we were, um, you know, we, we never deviated from that. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, you could sign on and sign off with with people that you never even knew worked the ship. You know? And the entertainment team got to know each other well enough. But even the entertainment team was, like, I want to say, like, like. 300 400 people in the entertainment team i mean like it's just i mean it's like that's a lot of people you know but we can go yeah. into that later but it's, it's it is crazy that the, those ships are very big and um it is when you go from the biggest ship to the smallest ship it is very different it's it's not like right. um there's a lot there's a lot of differences going from one to the other yeah um even so, like I mean, a small like a small ship to a ship that's slightly bigger it's a huge difference because that's what i did I did yeah, like the it's... Carnival Inspiration, which was the smallest in the fleet. And then I went to the Glory, which wasn't like big. It was kind of like a normal sized ship. It wasn't by any means like the biggest in the fleet, but it was still like a world of difference. It's it's crazy. And, and yeah. every ship for one reason or another is, you know, um, is different, you know, especially below deck. It's like, you know, there's there's not as much continuity as you'd think right. when you're even ships that are sister ships that are the exact same ship are different in some regards. And it's like, Oh, we just figured yeah. we'd put the mess hall here. Why? Yeah, Cause we just right. did. you know, like it, it's like, you know, there's, there's things. And then you get confused constantly where you'll, you'll be wandering around the deck and you'll be thinking that you're on one ship and then suddenly you're on a different one. It's just like, it's very surreal. Cause real, um, real problems. Yeah. It's, very it's very crazy yeah. um especially when you've done like six or seven ships and you're constantly trying to like oh i'm not on this ship i'm on this one right uh or this yeah. person's not here it's like i keep trying to find tom or i keep trying to find sierra and they're not here because even though the ship is exactly the same the crew is completely different you know it's like yeah so it's it's very weird when you're um when when you're working ships you get you run into those weird yeah yeah even looking back like i did two ships and i would like think about some of the people i met on the ships and be like was that person from the glory or from the <laughs> inspiration and what and yeah it's a you do you do keep in touch with them you know i yeah. i had a i had a reunion skype call with um my friends from the legend um Ooh, not too long fun. ago um it was about yeah only i was like you know, a couple months ago and yeah you know the nice thing about touring is that you know now they're all they're all they've all retired from ships they're not on ships anymore um you know but i get to see i get a chance to see them you know like my, my friend aaron lives in connecticut my friend sierra lives in ottawa um yeah uh 
my friend Verity lives in London. Um, although we don't travel to London with our show, right. but like, but you know, with um, with touring, you get to see a lot of these people because um, you're still moving around. Um, so a lot of my ship friends I've actually get to see on land, uh, yeah. which is even better. <laughs> yeah, it's even like I also on Kinky Boots on the Kinky Boots tour. I met up, I was able to meet up with my friend who was still on a ship for whatever reason. Like I had, like they were docked. We were, I was in, I don't know. We weren't in LA. We were close to LA, but Mm. he was on the inspiration and they docked, they dock at like Mondays from this time to this time. And Mm. I was like, it was like a very small window of time we had, but like I was able to rent a car and drive up and see him for like an hour. It was super fun. It was it's, it's cool when you get to, to see people from like another really cool thing about just traveling. It doesn't matter who you're traveling with or what you're doing. Like when you're, it's cool to see, you know, people from different parts of your life intersect. You know, it's like oh, yeah. when, you know, I was on Dirty Dancing and I was in Connecticut and I got to see my friend Aaron, um, who I knew from The Legend. And um, yeah, it, it's cool when you, when you get to see those people um outside of where you met them you know yeah um so after people you oh no no i think you should finish your story oh so i i just i just um just to sort of quickly wrap up the after after ships um um i had just to sort of migrate into how i got into touring right um uh i i had i've been writing to the touring contractors for a while because i knew that i wanted to tour i knew that i wanted to get onto uh um a musical theater tour of some kind and i had up to that point been unsuccessful um but i reached out uh um ben husband sean um who i knew well had reached out to me and said hey you know they're looking for a drummer for the kinky boot store and um would you be interested in auditioning and i said yeah um so i put together the audition um in between the last ship contract that i had done um and uh and I, you know, I decided I was going to take three months off and just see what was out there. You know, I didn't, I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to ships. Yeah. Um, but, um, I took this audition and, um, as I was waiting to hear back from the contractor about, um, kinky boots, I, um, I came across this, uh, this posting for, uh, dirty dancing and they were looking for a percussionist, um, who was costumed and on stage. And I thought, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's for me. Plus it's an old posting. I'm not sure if they're looking for anyone at that point in time. So I ignored it for a while. Um, but the longer I, um, the longer I waited and didn't hear anything back from the kinky boots team, I figured ah, what the hell, you know, I'll just, I'll throw it out. And I, so the other thing is I've written to the contractor for networks for, for many years and I never heard anything back. So, um, I just sent this very flippant email, off the cuff, just like, hey, I saw your posting. I'm here if you need me. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect to hear back from him at all. I, I, I thought this, I actually completely forgot about it too. I, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, yeah. Because I, not not because I didn't really want it, but because I just did not expect to hear back. It was an old posting and um, I, I was I was pretty sure that, that they had already found the people. Anyway, I think it's two days after that, I heard back from Kinky Boots that said they went with someone else. Um, uh, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go back to ships again. Um, and as I was writing to my ship contractor, I got an email from uh, John Mezio at Networks. And he's like, hey, um, saw your email about Dirty Dancing. If you want to go out, you know, we'll have you. 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> cool. Uh, I was like, and I, I mean, I had done, uh, you know, I, I looked over what they were asking for. They were like kungas and bongos and all of the stuff I had not touched in years or right. was, you know, I want to say, I mean, I've, I've, I have a basic understanding of playing hand drums, but like, you know, I took a lesson in, uh, in college, but I was not, um, you know, not a profound, profoundly skilled hand drum player. Um, but they didn't, they, you know, they, I, apparently they, um, they didn't need to hear anything more from, from the audition tape. So they just put me in touch with the general manager and they worked everything out. And by the end of the day, I was contracted to go on the, the second tour national tour of, uh, dirty dancing, which is where I met, um, uh, um, most of, uh, um, I, that's where I went, met, uh, all of the, um, the band from, from Dirty Dancing where I'm, I'm really super close with that band. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I did not, um, I did not really know what I was getting myself into in terms of, uh, the Dirty Dancing tour, but, um, thank God for the guys that were on that tour. Um, right. because, uh, they kept me sane. Um, and were you know, um, yeah. you know, a lot of the, a lot of them had done tours um, for a while, and then they sort of, um, uh, I don't want to say took pity on me, but they sort of knew. I was like, okay, here, um, here's all the things that you know um, that you don't know about touring um, that we can, you know, right, you know, a bus and truck tour is like a good. It's a tough first tour to do. But in a lot of ways, it's you're grateful that you did it. Because I, I think if so. You ever get that like union tour? You're like, this is cake. Well, it's sort of yeah. If you can, if you're able to, if you're able to do the the bus and truck tour, um, chances are you'll probably be a, you'll be okay doing. It. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for everyone. But, yeah, it um, also it, depends on the people. Yeah, like, you need good people, no matter what kind of tour you're on, or else you're gonna have a really rough situation. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I got super lucky with, with the guys on, on Dirty Dancing, um, and, and lucky with the guys on Dear Evan Hansen too, because, um, I mean, it really makes a huge difference. Like it, it makes, it made a huge difference almost, you know, in, in any, you know, facet of music where I was, yeah. you know, whether it was community theater or ships or, or working tours, it was always, it always came down to the people and, you know, um, yeah, I got I got really lucky with with the Dirty Dancing guys, and hopefully I can introduce you to some of them on the podcast. Oh yeah, we'll get them. If on. they'll come on, you know, I also had a thought of another guest we should have. Yeah, because so you you didn't get Kinky Boots because they had already gone with another drummer, and then that drummer, I we were all in the same Kinky Boots band. Oh right, Our, obviously he's, so we all auditioned we, for. Dear Evan Hansen, right? Yeah, we all auditioned, mm. like uh, at least like the entire rhythm section, and Gene, uh, who is our concert master now, like he auditioned right. with us for the tour, and Gene didn't get it then, but uh, since then we've brought him on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, so we all auditioned. There are only two of us that actually got it, and Aaron didn't get it because he sent. Well, this isn't why he got it. Like, I'm not saying, but like, he sent it in, I think, like, after they had already hired you. I um, think, yeah, because it was, I, I'm not sure the whole story. Um, 
Yeah. But um, I I know that there was a miscommunication because they had they had hired me, and then Aaron was still working on the audition, right. which is exactly just so unfair. Like you know, it's like it's not unfair. This is how it works. I, I know. It's just it just it's just because I've been in that situation before where like you know where they've already made a decision, and you're still you know you're still the one putting um you're all into this audition like oh god i hope i get it you know um yeah. but the decision's already been made it's just it, yeah it happens it's not like it, it's not personal at all but it's yeah it's shitty it's you know but like, <laughs> like the point is you have both stolen each other's gig right. <laughs> and like we should have aaron on <laughs> to have you well i've always wanted to meet aaron because I, I haven't um because you know you and you and gene and and matt have all worked with him on on the tour and talked about how you know he's great what a great what a great guy is and he's a great guy you know i love meeting other drummers especially ones who can replace me because you know i'm just (laughs) i'm I'm gonna break down at any moment you know i hate hate to say it but i think aaron aaron would be good at dear evan hansen like he'd be he'd be a he'd be a good fit so maybe we're not looking for new guys maybe we already got one (laughs) maybe they've already got one you know (laughs) it's it's funny that i um garrett garrett and i have um, Garrett and I have a lot in common in terms of just our character besides our, our backstories and, and, you know, how we got to Dear Van Hansen and, um, we're involved in touring. Um, we are both, um, proud Hufflepuffs. Proud, um, Huffle. proud, proud, proud Badgers. Proud Badgers. Um, <laughs> um, this is, a, we this are, is like a whole thing with us though. It, it is, it is a huge thing, you know, uh, because we like, all have, yeah, we have like memorabilia. We have so much paraphernalia. Like I, like, I, it's my go-to gift for Garrett. Anything Hufflepuff is always. I'm like, yeah. And your you birthday know. is coming up, so I'm gonna start. It is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll um, start looking. Garrett, Garrett and I are also um, hypochondriacs. Totally. Um, and like, it, not only hypochondriacs, but we're like um, self-deprecating hypochondriacs. It, is... <laughs> it, it, it causes us a great deal of anxiety when parts you know like when our hands or our like uh any parts of our body are not functioning the way they're supposed to function um <laughs> even if it's all in our own head it, it gives us a great Which it usually is it usually um sometimes but we're also it you know we're also playing you know we're also playing eight shows a week you know and and unfortunately for guys on the road um there are no daily subs that you can call in when you're out in you know um you know tulsa oklahoma um it's just like you're probably not gonna find like, someone it, well i mean not that nothing against players in tulsa i'm, I'm sure there are amazing players in tulsa but um yeah. when it comes to when it comes to shows like this um it's it's hard yeah. to find people that can just come in and sight read a show like this they would um, they would never sign off on that <laughs> yo just, like it, we were in a college town for kinky boots once and well like most of those stops are like college towns let's be real like mm-hmm. bus and tractor like you stop out on, on a lot of campuses yeah and our trumpet player had been out for a while with i think some like ear issue Ooh. and yeah it was rough but we had gone without a trumpet player for a while and there was one stop i can't remember what it was there were like 75 cities on that tour and i can't I really can't distinguish between them, but we we just decided to bring in like a college kid to come sight read the trumpet book, <laughs> like for a show. 
I don't know how allowed that what is, but we did it's, it. It's, it's kind of fun. I've had, um, I've had, I've heard so many. I, I, I've told Garrett, um, I, I, I love having people come in and visit, um, and watch the show from the pit. Um, it's something that I got to do when I, um, when I was, um, in high school, and uh, you know, I got to go watch a bunch of Broadway guys play in the pit. It was one of my favorite things to do. Um, so I like bringing people to get to watch our show because it's, um, right. I don't know, it's it's a lot of fun for me to have someone because I I don't play on stage so that, uh, people don't get a chance to see me. I usually I play in a black box away from the world. Um, where um, it's a good Dave Matthews Band album. A, a, yeah, great. Album. Isn't that a Dave? Isn't that it a is, Dave yeah. album? And a song away from the world. Yeah. Away from the world. Yeah. Um, where I play um yes. yeah i i um it's fun to have people come in and watch um particularly drummers actually really only drummers because it's it's not really fun for people who aren't um to no see that's them. not yeah. true you get you get some of the cast members come in and watch you and they're blown that's away true, right? yeah that, i mean they're um they're also very nice you know so I've, I've had i've had some friends come in and they're just like you know like yeah, this is cool. I'm mostly on their phone. <laughs> I'm leaving after Act One, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it, I, I like to do it. It's it's a lot of fun for me. Um, yeah. But um, I forget where I was going with this. Uh, um, I'm not sure why I, I why I brought it no. up. But um, well, it was. I have something to say. Yeah. On that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention when I was telling my story it's mm -hmm. another similarity with your story. And it's, it ties into this. I forgot to mention that the, I think the moment when I thought that maybe a career in theater might be something I'd enjoy was when I saw wicked for the first time. Like it was the same show for both of us where we were yeah. like, Hey, this would be like a cool career. And we won the lottery for wicked so we were sitting in the front row because that's how you know mm -hmm. how the lottery works like you pay 30 something dollars and like you get to see it probably front row uh it's different for every show but we were front row and i was just kind of going back and forth between like watching the actual play and then watching the musicians because i could see right into them mm -hmm. and then i got home after the show and i was talking to brian i think i was texting with brian and he said you should message ben cone who is the piano player for that show and i was mm -hmm. like no that's 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 so silly like he wouldn't <laughs> why would he want to like hear from some stranger that saw the show i'm sure he does he gets those messages every day several times a day <laughs> which he does um, i'm sure he so does that was, like, <laughs> valid but um but brian was like no no no. i promise he's a really nice guy just like reach out to him and ask for advice. So I sent him a Facebook message uh, just saying, do you have any advice? Like the show was great. I would love to do that kind of work one day. Like if you just, I would love to know your thoughts, like any guidance and didn't expect him to answer, but he got back to me like a couple days later and invited me to sit in next to him and watch him play. So that was like my first my first sort of mm, connection that I made was Ben. Um, it was kind yeah. of a loose connection. Like we, I just went in and watched him, and that was that was that was that was it for the, at that mm -hmm. point. 
But um, so I met him, asked him questions, you know, thanked him. And it was an incredible experience. And, you know, and, and then like three, four years later, we, we didn't, we had, we kind of lost touch a little bit, but, you know, mm -hmm. I friended him on Facebook and uh, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, and then come to, you know, three, four years later, they're looking for um, a music team for the Dear Evan Hansen tour. And since I had already met him and like spoke to him a couple times, like he felt comfortable, you know, I don't want to, I don't need to go into like that whole audition process, but mm -hmm. it's just like, you never know what, like when, sorry, I'm just stumbling <laughs> over my words today. No, it's good. It's I fine. just have those days, but you never know, like a connection that you made four years ago, like that could come back to you uh, very easily. Definitely. And so I, Ben was like my first that was where I was going with that. Like I also saw Wicked and like met Ben through that and sat in and. Yeah. Well, it's, it's another similarity between me and Garrett. I, you know, I met Ben through my mom, you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old, um, mm -hmm. you know, and it was like 10 years later. Yeah. Um, you know, more than 10 years later that right. that connection um, led me to Evan Hansen and uh, very much the long game theater can be, you know, like oh it's, yeah it's like um it's like you, you know, make like, all these and you just like in, you make all these little investments yeah. and then you're like hey maybe one of these will pay off one of these days well it's funny because uh, you know you mentioned like losing touch it's like i mean there's like over you know it's funny how it's funny how people usually i was surprised at how many people remembered me from like oh when yeah. i was a kid you know like i mean like yep. i wasn't i don't i don't think i make I don't think I'm the type of person that makes an impression, <laughs> you know? So I, I was sort of like, um, I, I was sort of like, Oh, there's no way. I mean, I remember reaching out to, to Ben, um, uh, even a couple of years ago when I asked to, to meet Jamie and watch the the show at the music box. And, um, there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if he's going to remember who I am. Like, um, and, and we had stayed in touch. Um, but yeah. I just, I, I was always, you know, pleasantly surprised and, and, you know, um it always it always made me feel you know it was a nice feeling when people were like oh yeah i remember you <laughs> like well yeah you know. i had that experience too i'm the same way like I, i've so i'm also i don't think i'm someone who makes a particularly strong first impression like i'm not <laughs> someone who walks into a room and people are like him him he's a natural born leader that guy watch him you know like you just release a dozen doves whenever you yeah. walk in yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah but like so I, when i saw dear evan hansen three years ago and i was just waiting outside for ben like i didn't imagine that he would remember me from all those years ago watching him at wicked but he did and i was floored that because we hadn't spoken or anything i was just like I just waited for him after the show. I didn't even tell him I was coming to the show and he walked out. I was like, Hey Ben, Hey Ben, great job. And he, and he was, he recognized me. He said, Garrett, it's great to see you. And it made me realize that I don't think what they're looking for when you meet them is for you necessarily to like make a huge impression. Like what they're looking for, the people that are going to stick with them are the ones who just seem normal. <laughs> Well, I think it, it sort of speaks to how, you know, I, I wasn't aware of this when I was um, when I was growing up. I thought it, it was a really unique and kind of weird, not, not weird, but like certainly unique 
sort of ambition yeah. to want to play on Broadway. Like, you know, you met many people who was like, oh, I want to be a rock star. Or I want to go on and I want to play with, you know, Blink-182 or, you know, a group of that magnitude. And like, that's like the thing people want to do. But, you know, you want to play for theater shows? It's like, yeah, it's, I, I thought that was more unique than apparently it turned out to be, you know, because as I was, you know, as I was going through college and, and sort of sharing this ambition, a lot of people sh- shared that as well. Um, and then I started noticing that, oh, this isn't very unique, actually. There's a lot of people out there that really want to do this. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and even as I'm, even as I've played um, Dirty Dancing and Dear Evan Hansen all over the country, I see more and more people that are interested in doing that. And I'm like, oh, wow. This, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's like, especially when, you know, you're lucky enough to be doing it. And there's a lot of people out there that would also like to be doing it. Um, but it's, uh, it was certainly surprising to me when I went into college, because I thought, oh, here's this like, you know, really unique thing that, you know, I'm probably a little strange to want to do, but like, it's not that way at all. It's actually, you know, there's a lot of people that, that would love to do that. But going to that point, it's like, there's a lot of people out there. I'm sure that, you know, Ben hears from tons and tons and tons of people every day, yeah. um, especially on a show that has that, you know, that much of a following. Um, right. uh, but yeah, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are super nice and, and super respectful. And um, there are also a lot of people out there that are, you know, little, little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've had, a, I haven't, I actually, I haven't had, I don't think I've had anyone really that's been, um that's been crazy i've been really really lucky on on the even with with dirty dancing although i didn't have any guests at dirty dancing um i've had a lot of guests at dear evan hansen and i've been really lucky they've they've been very nice and respectful and you know they you know um they've been really nice to have but uh that's what you want to be like you want to be just kind of this humble respectful presence you know, like you don't want yeah. to go in and like, hey, you want to see a magic trick? And like, right. hey, do you like Chopin? <laughs> Watch this. You like sit down at the piano. It's like I had one. Uh, I've had, uh, I think I cannot remember who told me the story. It was a drummer who was, um, uh, they're going to kill me when, when, they, when they hear the story, if they hear the story and I, I'm quoting them wrong. But I, I vaguely remember hearing a story of, um, uh oh wait no i do remember i do remember um uh my friend Russ nyberg is the um uh drummer for the tour of uh miss saigon the most recent one okay. and he was telling me the story and forgive me Russ, if i'm telling the story wrong but he was telling me this one story where he had a guest and he went to hit the gong for one of the um one of the parts of the show and his guest went to mute the gong <laughs> just completely unprompted like it's like no 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 no, don't touch that like that's not i don't need your help like i just i i remember him telling me the story because and i've you know there are many guys that have been touring and playing shows way longer than i have and they have like a, a bunch of funny somewhat horror stories from having people come in and um you know not reading the room <laughs> like yeah you know, like please oh, don't that's... play or touch this or um which is funny when you, if you've ever seen Russ's setup for Miss Saigon, it's absolutely enormous. It's, you know, they consolidated two books from the Broadway production into one, and he's playing what looks like every instrument under the sun. Um, yeah. It's, uh, 
it's um this is a pretty impressive setup but just to imagine someone sitting by, I, got, I was lucky enough i got to watch russ play miss saigon when he was in philly and we had some time off from the tour um but um i could never imagine meeting a meeting a gong or or touching anything while he was trying to work especially oh, on a show that that's that's that complex and just being um, the play, like the <laughs> the player while that's going on like i had what sometimes i would have someone sitting next to me on kinky boots um because there was actually room to do that unlike our band platform on dear evan hansen mm-hmm. um and sometimes so here's a little spoiler about kinky boots but the moment the the red boots come out for the first time in the act one finale there's this like guitar arpeggio thing that happens i don't know if you've seen the show anyone who's seen the show like the <laughs> the the boots come out on a conveyor belt and i promise this is going somewhere and there's just like <laughs> there's this like loud just electric guitar arpeggio but it's actually not an electric guitar playing it there is a it's it's the keyboard two which was my book has just like a low c that they hold down and that's what makes that sound effect on that particular patch and you have to like you have to press it and you have to hold it down and if it's one of those you know sound effects like if you let it go it's gonna stop <laughs> it's just gonna stop <laughs> in the middle of it um and sometimes i would be really stupid and probably not supposed to do this but if sometimes i'd have a guest that'd be like you seem normal you want to do the sound effect <laughs> like the most <laughs> important sound effect that the key two player has <laughs> of the show <laughs> And I was like, make sure you hold it down. And I would like, remind them a thousand times, even if it was someone like that seemed like they could handle it. <laughs> but it's just the scariest moment ever when like, even if like you give them permission to like do this thing, like if your guest is like doing something or like touching your, like don't, don't do it in the first place. But like, <laughs> it's so scary. You're Russ a braver man than I am. Right. I, no, I was terrified. Like when that moment <laughs> happened, I was like, I was like ready to like I was ready to like hold their finger down. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no, no. Um Do you hate me? Um, do you guys hate do, me? Do, do, do you guys hate me? <laughs> um but yeah, the, I, there are I'm sure plenty of of crazy stories that we can get into later on about touring oh, yeah. and a lot of crazy stories we can get into about ships and um uh but I guess now is probably a great place to stop um, yeah. our sort of first podcast today. Um, but yeah, um, <sighs> one down. One down. Hopefully, hopefully, many more to go. Um, but uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in and, and checking this out. We're, I mean, I'm pretty excited about getting to, to talk to Garrett and then hopefully bring on some other people to you know talk about because I mean, there's so many different facets to to touring than just musical theater you know there's um you know there's um you know touring pop and rock groups and and you know jazz ensembles and you know what is it like to work with you know um people like um like postmodern jukebox or clay aiken or you know or rock bands like you know angels and airwaves all of these are very specific examples because there are people that i know that work with those people (laughs) so um, but I mean, each of those, um, each of those groups are, are, you know, can offer different perspectives from working on the road, you know, and there's also the, um, cruise ship thing and the international aspect of it. Like, you know, what's it like when you're, you know, working on the other side of the world, um, and you're really far from home. Um, 
but yeah, yeah I'm excited to talk to Garrett more about that and to, to bring on some more people and and sort of share some more in-depth stories about what that life is like. Um, yeah. And hopefully this will um, be interesting to people and we can keep doing it. And um, maybe we'll be able to do it from the road if, if Garrett and I are able to get back out with Dear yeah. Evan Hansen. And, uh, uh, we'll do Garrett. it regard, like regardless of whether or not people are interested in it. Yeah, we'll, we'll just do it. I mean, we'll it's, it's it. very, it, it's nice for us to, to sort of distract us from, you know, what's happening in the world because there is so much chaos and, and, and some, there's just tons of, tons of things to, um, to worry about. And it's, it's nice to have something just to yeah, distract you from all the, the craziness of the world. So just come on here and don't worry about it, everybody. Yeah. Come, come and listen to us talk about make idiots of ourselves. Yeah. Come, come listen to us be, be insecure and, and manic for an hour <laughs> <laughs> and tell you how much we hate ourselves <laughs> because that's what we do best. We're very good at that. Yeah. Um, that's actually why we're doing this. We wanted to publicize, uh how much we hate ourselves <laughs> and if there are any drummers out there that are looking for for you that know, too you know like this because you know aaron i'm talking to you <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have any segments or sponsors <laughs> as of right now we, uh, have a, we, have a, <laughs> we have a huge list of of guests that we love to bring on though mm. um so hopefully those people will will want to come on and talk to us. Although after listening to this, maybe let's change their minds. And hopefully Kucha House of Tea will will hear this. We'll, and send we'll us hear free this tea. And, and send us free tea. <laughs> that like autumn spice or whatever. That was so good. That was good stuff. If anyone's listening close to Boulder, Colorado, this is a place Kucha you need to check tea. out. Kucha Sorry. House of Tea. Maybe we'll just like mention them every episode. <laughs> yeah. And eventually we'll just start sending us tea. Eventually like, they'll that's like, how it works, right? <laughs> well you know people could go there and they'd be like how'd you hear about us like there's this podcast <laughs> eh, that's not how that you know that's very wishful thinking <laughs> but we'll just like mention them every every day until they notice us until they comply with our demands and see yeah. <laughs> or send us an email being like hey we don't care about you guys stop using our name in your podcast please, please stop mentioning us that's more how it works probably. probably i see that i see that line going anyway um so thanks for checking this out um really excited about doing some more podcasts with garrett and uh garrett thanks so much for agreeing to do this um check out garrett's other podcast um various artists with brian yeah um and um brian. Uh, yeah um uh, there, i there's one more right is there another one that you're that you're doing as well oh or? yeah oh yeah i'm doing i have i don't know i'm just i'm just like a podcaster now i've been told that i have a really good radio voice he does uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um yeah there's there's another one i'm doing with a couple of friends it's it's not music related i mean there might be an episode here and there that are because one of my best friends is also a musician so i have a podcast with two of my friends from here from this my hometown it's called what brought us here uh thank you for mentioning that yeah, yeah so definitely. we just started that out we have like a few episodes out that's not necessarily music related it's just some we just kind of like do activities or go on an adventure and then talk about it like nice. something fun to do for the uh coronavirus <laughs> thing that's been happening <laughs> um so yeah that's another podcast and uh that i'm in and checked out 
check out Booked It. And Brian, you were on a couple other ones too. Right? I, I was on I was on Garrett's and I was on uh, my friend Anthony Frieda's. He does a, a podcast called Badum Biz. Um, definitely check that out uh, if you're a uh, drummer. Um, Anthony is a great guy. Um, it's a great podcast. Um, I did one episode with him. I, I'm not sure whether it's out yet um, where I talked a little bit about, you know, working in theater, but um, definitely check out Anthony's podcast. It's awesome. Um, he's a phenomenal drummer and a nice guy. Um, uh, so that's, that's my, that's my suggestion. I, I have, I'm very limited in my pod. This is this one. And I did Anthony's and, and then Garrett's. Um, but I'm yeah. sure I'll have more to, to plug later. <laughs> oh, we will. We'll always have stuff to plug. Mike Birbiglia's podcast. Mike Birbiglia's, yes. He doesn't know us, but he doesn't know us, but we love him and his podcast. So we know one of his stage managers, I think. We do? Yeah. Mackenzie's boyfriend. Right, right. Yeah. So we're, we're in. What's, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in his circle. Practically family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks. Fun. This this is a great first podcast. Thanks so much, Garrett. Thanks for yeah. thanks everyone who's listening, and we will see you next time. We're fun, right? We're funny, right? People like listening to us. No. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>